Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy New Year and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. By the way, it is the last Wednesday of January, so I figured I can still say Happy New Year to everyone. <laughs> Here is a quick announcement. Our January heart-centered and fashion-driven Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. January's theme is The New Me, The Journey Begins. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our kitchen table conversation today, my guest is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be talking about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Dog, 101 Tales of Family, Friendship, and Fun. Good morning, Amy. Happy Wednesday and 2023. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I'm great and happy new year to you since we haven't talked since December. Yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Dog, 101 Tales of Family, Friendship, and Fun. It's a delightful and entertaining read. The stories are endearing, funny, and it is the perfect book to remind us to get into the smiling and humor zone kicking off the new year. Congratulations on its release yesterday. Oh, thanks. We're hoping it's going to do very well. Our books about dogs usually do very well because, you know, people who have dogs are really passionate about them and know how great it is to have a dog in your family. (laughs) And they love reading stories about that or giving Mm -hmm. books about dogs as gifts to other people who love dogs. So um, I'm excited about this first book for us of 2023. It is very exciting. It looks wonderful. Please share with us Chicken Soup's wonderful partnership with American Humane. You guys do fantastic things. Well, yeah, American Humane is the oldest animal welfare organization um, in the United States, maybe in the world, I'm not sure. And American Humane helps um, shelters. So they help shelters that protect dogs and cats and other pets when they've been abandoned or when they've been found astrays or when they're in shelters going through natural disasters. They also have a whole program of bringing emergency relief to natural disasters, like they actually deploy these trucks with these skilled, like, crisis people who will go into, you know, a community that's been ravaged by flooding or hurricanes or wildfires, and they'll go in and they'll rescue the pets and help reunite Mm -hmm. them with their families. They also are the people behind No Animal Was Harmed, you know, making this movie or TV show. Mm -hmm. That's American Humane that does that. Uh, They also certify uh, humane farming programs, and they also certify properly run zoos and aquariums. Because, you know, properly run zoos and aquariums are really big into conservation, 
Most yeah. of the animals that they have on display are actually animals that were rescued that can't be sent back into the wild and they need to be cared for by humans for the rest of their lives. So that's what you're usually seeing in a good zoo or aquarium. You're seeing animals that couldn't go back out into the wild because they just had been rehabilitated from an injury or something. Um, so they do all of that, and we really believe in what they do. And so I think this might be like the sixth dog book that mm-hmm. um, where we've used royalties to support American Humane, and we do – the same thing with our cat books. And we have a cat book coming out mm-hmm. in February. And loyalty from that will go to American Humane also. So, yeah, we we make a big effort with these books uh, to entertain people. But in entertaining people, we're also raising money for American Humane. Yeah, yeah, that's really wonderful. It's truly a hot-scented program, and I'm in total support of that. Why is it so rewarding, though? adopting a dog from the shelter? So these dogs have, you know, no place to go unless Mm -hmm. we adopt them. And there's something about a dog adopted from a shelter. People always say that the dog somehow knows that you (laughs) rescued it. And the dog is grateful. Even though the dog will rescue you right back. I mean, people are always sending us stories about how your dog ended up rescuing them, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, exp- like making them aware of a health problem they were having or saving a member of the family from injury or even death or just being like a great therapy animal, even though they're not trained to be therapy animals. So often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they just have this natural tendency to be therapy animals. I mean, I know in our family, like my daughter has two dogs that were adopted from shelters and the dogs are just, fabulous. They have great personalities. It's just hard to imagine that somebody gave them up. You know, both of them were found wandering the street. These were magnificent dogs. Both of them were even purebreds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were abandoned and then adopted from a shelter. So I think people get a great feeling from going to a shelter and picking out a dog or a cat. So it's something we really promote in our books. We don't have stories where somebody bought a dog at a pet store. (laughs) And I know there are some quality pet stores out there that source their puppies from, you know, reputable breeders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in general, there's so many disreputable pet stores out there. Mm -hmm. And so we always just have dogs that were either adopted from shelters or were purchased from reputable breeders. Yeah, Not those yeah. mass breeders that have, you know, farms filled with animals. Right, right, right. That's true, though, because for sure, all shelters, whether they're affiliated with the American Humane, they're kind of governed in a way. I mean, it's a different perspective, I guess, because people that work there are into the heart-centered kind of approach, I would think. Yeah, a lot of the people who work at shelters are not even paid, and the ones that are right. paid... I doubt they make very much. And then the ones mm-hmm. that aren't paid are volunteers, and there's a lot of volunteers right. to work at shelters. It's very fulfilling to help these helpless dogs and cats mm-hmm. and other animals yeah. find new families to live with, hopefully forever. Right. I mean, right, it's right. like I think you can almost measure the worth of a society by how well it treats its animals. 
I know, agree. And Americans are actually pretty good about that. <laughs> Even though we have, you know, millions of dogs and cats looking for homes and shelters, we're still better than most mm-hmm. other countries. You know, most mm-hmm. other countries in the world don't treat their animals as well as we do. Mm-hmm. And they don't mm-hmm. engage in active neutering and spaying of dogs, mm-hmm. um, which is very important for keeping mm-hmm. down the population and keeping down the number of unwanted animals. Right, right. So true. Well, this is the number one question. How are dogs the perfect pet for a person? They're just so intuitive. I think that's mm-hmm. the key to why they're so wonderful. They just seem to know what's going on. Like if somebody's really distraught, yeah. a dog will know how to just sit there and keep the person company and be the you know, be the recipient of their tears. Yeah. Um, they 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 just know how to read your mood and they're mm-hmm. there for you. And then they also will teach people like how to have more fun. I mean we get so many stories <laughs> from people who say, you know, I was too serious or I was depressed and then I noticed my dog living in the moment. You know, mm-hmm. enjoying every every moment of the present and Yeah. My dog taught me how to have fun again. My dog taught me how to love again. My dog taught me how to accept love. You know, they people are always talking about these lessons they learned from their dog, right. which is why the theme the theme of this book is lessons learned <laughs> from my dog. I love it. it. It's beautiful. Now let's switch it around. How about what are the attributes of a perfect dog owner? <laughs> So you have to be willing to put in the time. You know, if you don't have the time mm-hmm. to play with your dog, to take your dog for walks outdoors, to snuggle, to give belly rubs, <laughs> then you should probably own a cat. You know, because cats are a little more independent. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it takes, it takes a lot of time to mm-hmm. care for a dog. I mean, uh, if you have a fenced-in yard that's reliably fenced, you know, it's really right. secure. You can let your dog out. Or if your dog has been trained for the invisible fence, you can let your dog out. <laughs> but even so, your dog probably would like to go for walks outside mm-hmm. of that small area. Yeah. And so dog people really have to be willing to do that, to take their dog out for a walk, you know, two or three or more times a day. And people who do that, of course, discover that they're getting very fit. You know, the health benefits mm-hmm. are wonderful for having a dog. But you really need to be able to do the walks with the dog, the playing with the dog. Um, it, they take time. They really do. It's funny. We are looking at getting into coloring books for adults. And oh, cute. we're looking at doing, yeah, we're looking at doing a book with cat coloring versus dog coloring. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do cats because it seems like, Cat coloring books are way more important or more popular than dog coloring books. And I think it's because dog people use up a lot of the free time that they have walking Mm -hmm. the dog. You know, cat people don't have that, so they have more free time in the day. (laughs) That's interesting. But the first thing came to mind would be it would be very wonderful for families that have young kids because the kids would be very interested in coloring the dog in a book. It'd be kind of well, fun. You know, there's there's coloring books for kids. Yeah. That, those have like wide open spaces to color in. 
mm-hmm. with crayons, but yeah. coloring books for adults are very detailed and have very small blocks of white that you color mm-hmm. in with sharp mm-hmm. colored pencils. So it's mm-hmm. a really different experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very, very interesting. Well, is there a story behind the book's beautiful front and back covers? I love it. Yeah, so the front cover of this book, we have this really cute dog. I don't know, it's a schnauzer or something. I'm not sure what kind of dog <laughs> this is, but it's adorable. And um, and the dog is doing a mic drop. So <laughs> half the people in my office didn't know what a mic drop was, which I thought was so surprising because I thought everybody knew what it was. And it's like yeah. the cool thing to do, right, after uh-huh. you like made a speech or a presentation or something right. or you wrapped, whatever it is, you hold the <laughs> mic out with your hand and you hold the mic like parallel to the ground and then you drop it. And that's mm-hmm. like the dramatic way that you end what you're doing. And I remember when Obama did it years ago, um, <laughs> he might've done it at a national press dinner. I'm not sure, but I remember he did it, but a lot of people do it. It's this mic drop. And so mm-hmm. of course we Photoshopped, the mic onto this cover. <laughs> but I, when I saw this, I, what happened was I was looking through stock photos and I saw this mm-hmm. adorable dog with his paw straight out. And I thought, oh my God, he looks like he's doing a mic drop. <laughs> so then I got our excellent graphic designer, Dan Zachary, to Photoshop on this mic. And we worked really hard to make it look as realistic <laughs> as possible. So it did. that's the front cover. It's really, really cute. And then the back cover, we have three more dogs that look kind of learned, you know, mm-hmm. like they would be mm-hmm. dispensing lessons to their human, yeah. their humans also, like one dog is wearing a graduation cap and one dog is wearing glasses and reading a pile of books. And one <laughs> dog has his hand up in the air, like he's explaining something to you. <laughs> so that's how we went with the whole theme of lessons learned from my dog. It's beautiful. The front cover like you were talking about finding the right picture for a mic drop. I mean, that dog's got an attitude. <laughs> got it? Yeah, got he it. looks like he's telling you something. I know. I know. Dog faces are so expressive. They really are. <laughs> How did you come up with the various chapters of the book? So I was when I went through the stories, I picked out my 101 favorite from, mm-hmm. you know, the thousands that were submitted. Mm-hmm. And and then I thought about what lessons people were saying they learned from their dogs. And then I just categorized the stories into those lessons. So the first chapter is called Be Ready for Adventure because having a dog can always be an adventure. You never know what's going to happen and what your dog is going to get you to do. Um, and then Be a Friend. And that, that's chapter contains a lot of stories about dogs being friends and showing Mm -hmm. how to use friendship and how to reach out and, you know, be a compassionate, caring person. Um, Third chapter is called Step Outside Your Comfort Zone. And so that's dogs getting you to do things you might not have otherwise done. I always believe that stepping outside (laughs) your comfort zone is an excellent thing to do. And then the fourth chapter is called Be Open-Minded. You know, and that addresses things like stereotypes, like don't get the runt of the litter because it's going to be defective, (laughs) or don't get a pit bull mix because it's going to be dangerous, or whatever stereotypes there are. 
And then the fifth chapter is called Find Your Purpose. And that chapter has a lot of stories from dogs showing us how they found purpose, how they found Mm -hmm. meaningful work that they could do to help other animals or to help humans. Mm -hmm. Chapter six is called Find Your Inner Strength, and it's got all these stories from dogs that showed such resilience that they taught their humans how to find their own inner strength. And then chapter seven is live in the moment, and that's dogs showing people how to enjoy every minute <laughs> of every day, you know. And then yeah. chapter eight is called Miracles Happen, and these are stories where dogs have miraculously found their way back to their humans mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. you know what seem like impossible ways. Chapter nine. It's called Sometimes You Just Have to Laugh, and these are just really entertaining, <laughs> amusing stories about the really funny things that dogs do. Chapter 10 is called Get On With Life, and it it shows how dogs taught their humans, you know, after a death or some kind of loss or some kind of mm-hmm. medical problem, whatever, you know, obstacle, challenge they were facing, how they could get on with their life after that anyway. And then... Chapter 11 is about saying goodbye with gratitude, where people talk about losing their dogs, but then realizing that they should be so grateful for the time that they had with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's a kind of productive way so that if you've lost a dog recently and you read that chapter, it would help you to reposition your loss and would help you move forward with your healing to being grateful for the time that you had with your amazing dog. I agree. That's beautiful. I love the stories. Like I say, we'll go into that in just a few minutes here. What would you like for the readers to gain from reading Lessons Learned from My Dog? I think the number one thing I would like readers to gain is that the next time they get a new dog, they should get it from a shelter. You know, I hope that's Mm -hmm. the main lesson. And when they do go to the shelter, that they'll be open-minded and they'll maybe get that pit bull or pit bull mix because they're really very sweet, but they have a terrible Mm -hmm. reputation. Or maybe they'll get that large black dog because those are the dogs that don't photograph well for Mm -hmm. the pictures. Black dogs don't photograph well because you can't see their cute features as much in a photo. And also they tend to be left behind at the shelters. Large black dogs are the most likely to be euthanized. So we try to have a lot of stories in our books from people who adopted pit bulls or pit bull mixes and also from people who adopted black dogs. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Senior dogs also. Another thing we talk about in our books is senior dogs because people tend to go younger because they're saying, well, you know, I know I'm going to lose the dog and I'd rather have a dog I'm going to have for 10 years before I'm going to have to go through the grief of losing the dog, but then there is something so meaningful in adopting a senior dog and helping that dog have the last few years of her life in a good mm-hmm. home. And you know when you adopt that senior dog that you won't have more than a few years. Right. You go into it knowing that, and you know that you've given that dog wonderful final, final years instead of that dog being stuck in a shelter for those final years. Right. It's a very meaningful experience. And, if you have kids, you're teaching your kids to respect the elderly, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we always try to do that. Pit bulls, large black dogs, senior dogs, try to feature those. 
Fantastic. That's really wonderful. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. My guest for today is Amy Newmark, the Publishing Editor-in-Chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Dog, 101 Tales of Family, Friendship, and Fun. Amy, let's talk about some of the wonderful, wonderful stories in the book. Let's start with Chapter 1. I love this one. And, of course, the chapter title is Be Ready for Adventure. And the story is Ridiculous Sometimes Work by Vicki Gillian. This story really tickled me because <laughs> it was it was just so cute because what what happened was um Vicky had a little beagle Jack Russell mix grand dog, so she was taking care of her grand dog. And the dog was quite an escape artist. Which wasn't great for Vicky because um, Vicky uses a mobility scooter, and it only has a maximum speed of four miles per hour. So <laughs> when that dog escaped, she had to be creative to get him back. So one day she took him out for a walk, and then as she was navigating her way inside the house, she took off his harness and leash outside the door, and then she went inside and then she realized he had gotten away. He hadn't followed her inside. So she went back out in her scooter to try to get him. And he was running around outside and he was just half a block away from a road that has four lanes of busy traffic. So she grabbed the harness and leash and went after him on the scooter. But how would she get him to come to her? And then she had this idea. When they were inside and she grabbed the harness and the leash and she said, walk, he would get all excited and come running towards her so that she could put the harness and leash on him and take him for a walk. Well, they were outside. He was totally free. He was on a walk of his own. But she held up the harness and the leash, and she yelled out, walk, and he came running over, and he let her put the harness and leash on him because now they could go for a walk. So she totally tricked him, and I thought that was really cute. I really like that story very much. I think it's a great kickoff of the book. It's funny, and... Chapter two, I love this chapter, Be a Friend. And the story that I like is Morning Inspection by Brittany O'Connor. This is a wonderful story. Yeah, so <laughs> Brittany and her husband discovered these three tiny black and white kittens under their front porch. And the mother never came back. So after waiting an appropriate amount of time, they brought the kittens back inside and they fed them. But they weren't sure how their one-year-old dog would react and it turned out they had no reason to worry their dog loved the kittens and every morning he would go and check out the kittens like when they opened up Mm -hmm. the kitten's cage to let them out the dog would go over and sniff them and lick them and then lift them up in the air with his snout to check them over so he was acting like very paternal towards (laughs) these kittens there was a great example of how um, you can have these cross-species friendships, you know, and how a dog yeah. can be a wonderful parent to three little kittens. I love that story because it reminded me 
when I grew up in Malaysia, we have a dog and we have several cats. Actually, one for sure. We started out with one. And they get along fine. And it was very interesting. I mean, they have their moments. It was so funny. And they were kind of like, ah, get away from my food. <laughs> kind of thing. And afterwards, I don't know. It's just like, you know, friends. That's it. That, that would be the best way to describe it. So it was just fine. I mean, it was just really wonderful. They get along together. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another story in that chapter by um, a woman named Morgan and um mm-hmm. Her writer name is M.K. Scott, mm-hmm. and in her case, uh, her dog, uh, the story was called um, Four Pod Caregiver, and mm. in her case, she had she had a dog, and then she got a new dog, and the old dog, whose name was Patty, was really mean to the new dog. <laughs> And and the old dog was definitely the alpha dog, but she was just overly mean to the new dog, and she would steal his food, and she would just do all these nasty things to him. But then she got old and blind and deaf, had trouble walking, and started to have dementia and, like, couldn't find her way home even if she was three feet from the door, that kind of thing. So that little dog, who she had been bullying, he totally forgave her, and he took care of her when she became old and had all these problems and he would even like gently guide her up the steps into the house using his body mm-hmm. as a barrier to prevent her from falling down the steps. And he would give her, they, they ate this lamb and rice dried dog food and he would mm-hmm. give her the lamb pellets, which both of them liked better than the rice pellets. So <laughs> he really taught his owner a lesson in, you know, being compassionate Using the power of forgiveness. Um, so that was that was that story, and I thought that was really cool that he was so nice to this dog that had been his bully originally. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful story, and that's a lot of things that we humans definitely can learn. No doubt about that. That story, the way you tell it, reminds me because one of the things that I enjoy a lot is going to the various senior centers here in Dallas. And I do a hybrid version of ballroom dancing. We do sort of a chair dancing and enjoying the moment, hearing all the beautiful music during their generation, so to speak. And it brings me joy. So that's really, really wonderful. Chapter three, step outside your comfort zone. And I love this story, A Dog and a Cookie by Dorenda Krager Watson. It's a beautiful story. Funny. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this is another story about checking a dog. Um, but in this case, um, this is it's really cool. So I, I love this story. It's really sweet. Duranda was 17, and she had this border collie mix named Trixie. And um, Trixie was a great dog for her, but Trixie must have been abused by men when she was younger before they adopted her. So anytime a man came around, Trixie would growl, you know, and would slink away from him and then watch him from a safe distance. And um, she just hated that. So one afternoon, Duranda was sitting on her porch reading a book with Trixie by her side when this guy from her high school walked by. And he asked if he could come into the front yard. And Duranda wasn't interested in this boy at all, but she knew Trixie wouldn't let him into the front yard. So she said, sure, you can come in. And then the dog actually greeted him enthusiastically. She went up to him with her tail wagging. She licked his hand. 
And Dorinda was stunned because this dog hated men. Well, turns out six years later, Dorinda married this young man, and Trixie was the bridesmaid at their wedding. <laughs> and as Dorinda's brother was walking her down the aisle, he whispered, who would have ever thought this would have started with a dog and a cookie? And Dorinda had no idea what he was talking about. So after the ceremony, she said, what were you talking about? Well, it turned out that her new husband had had a crush on her in high school. And he had asked Dorinda's brother what he should do. Like, how could he get to meet, Mm -hmm. you know, Dorinda? And the brother had said that this guy would have to make it past the dog or he wouldn't have a chance. (laughs) This young man had been walking by her house every day for six months, giving Trixie pieces of peanut butter cookies until Trixie finally trusted him enough for him to make the effort and ask if he could come through the front gate, basically to court Dorenda, who had no idea any of this had happened. And she didn't find out until they were married. So I thought that was really cute. And by the way, uh, that young man and Dorenda have been married for 36 years. Such a beautiful story. It's really, really wonderful. I thought it was really, really cute. It's one of those things that, hey, single guys, here's something to learn from. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Do you have a story that you like in this chapter? Um, There was one that really appealed to me and made me wish that I had a dog to walk because I don't have a dog right now. And I used to have grand dogs visit, but that Mm. hasn't happened for a while. And the walking was so much fun with a dog. But anyway, Judy Kellersberger has a story called The Dog Walker. And she talks about her dad, who was under doctor's orders. The doctor said, you have to go on a walk every day. And so the first day he sat out on his walk, you know, very unhappy about it. Mm-hmm. At he was walking down a street. He got to the end of the street where he was going to walk into, you know, a trail in the woods. And these three large dogs came running toward him from the last house on the street. One was a German shepherd, one was a pit bull, and one was some large mutt. (laughs) And they followed him on his walk. They wouldn't go home. He told them to go home, but they stuck with him until an hour had passed. And then he walked past their house again, and they returned to their house. And then he realized, well, that walk wasn't so bad because he had company. (laughs) Well, so... Then what happened was he continued walking for the next two years, and these dogs always joined him from the last house on the street, and he never knew the owner and never knew anything about them. But he found that he was really enjoying the walks, and he was walking longer distances, and he was getting very fit. Then finally, he met the owner of the last house on the street, and the man said that every morning, Monday through Friday, when he left for work, he didn't know where his dogs were. But they were always there when he came home from work. And I guess Judy's father only walked Monday through Friday. He didn't walk weekends because the man said the dogs were always home (laughs) on the weekend. So anyway, he was quite pleased to find out that they had been going on this walk for exercise every morning, every weekday morning for the last uh, two years. And so that was the story about taking a dog for a walk. Oh, that's really funny. That's really very, very interesting. I guess the dog needs the company and the man needs the company too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yes, definitely. 
Chapter 4, Be Open-Minded. This is a wonderful story, a perfect little mess by Brittany Mascriuro Rivera. So um, Brittany shares a story about ignoring stereotypes. And mm. she learned this lesson when she was only five years old, which was when her family went to buy a puppy from a reputable breeder, a family that bred its poodles. And there were two dogs left when they went to pick out theirs. There was this beautiful, fluffy, white male, and then there was this shivering, scrawny, champagne-colored female. And the female was the runt of the litter, and she had been rejected by her mother shortly after she was born. And two other homes had tried her out and returned her to the breeder. Nobody really wanted her because she seemed to be neurologically impaired, and she was deaf, and she was almost completely blind. But to Brittany and her brother, this dog was perfect. They loved her, and they took her home, and she really was a mess. She was um, really impaired. She shivered all the Mm -hmm. time. She refused to be held. She would scream for hours on end. Her almost complete blindness made it difficult to take her on walks. Her deafness made it harder to teach her the kinds of tricks that most dogs learn. She was just a very difficult dog. But Brittany and her brother loved this dog. And her parents offered to return the dog and get them a better dog. But they didn't want a better dog. They wanted this dog. That dog ended up living to be 16 years old. And they never regretted taking that perfect little mess of a dog. I love the story simply because when you talk about taking care and the lessons learned, it's a perfect example about lessons learned because Brittany and her brother learn how to be very caring, if that makes sense. You know, like you're assisting situations because the dog is impaired, right? And it just connects at a different level. So I, I really love that story. Yeah, dogs are a great way to teach kids a lot of good values. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Caring for somebody else, accepting imperfections in people, uh, accepting disabilities. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that it changed those kids for life, having that very defective dog when they were little kids. Very much so. No doubt about that. Chapter 5, Find Your Purpose, The Neighborhood Dog by Becca Hartwig. So I was talking earlier today about how dogs are just natural therapists, mm-hmm. and they just seem to know, like, which humans need them. So Becca Hardwick tells us a story about this dog named that they named Zoe, who just appeared in their lives one day. She was a stray, and she was really scraggly and skinny, and they already had a dog a black lab, but their black lab welcomed this new dog, which was very nice. And they searched for the dog's owner, but they couldn't find one. And so they decided to keep the dog, who seemed to be about a year old. Um, The dog needed to be spayed, so they took care of that. And then they tried to train this dog to stay on their two-and-a-half-acre property, which is where their other dog would reliably stay. But this dog would just run off daily and disappear for hours. (laughs) And so over time, they learned that the dog was running off to visit a widow who lived in their neighborhood. And this widow lived alone. She had recently lost both her cats, 
And she was a real, this dog was a real comfort to this woman. And so the dog started to spend a lot of time with the neighbor and did that for seven years until the neighbor moved away. And then after that woman moved away, Zoe found another neighbor to care for. And she would disappear for two or three days at a time, usually on the weekends. It turned out that one of their neighbors really only lived in their neighborhood on the weekends. And he just (laughs) thought that Zoe was like the neighborhood dog, so he was feeding her. (laughs) And um, at first, Becca was kind of hurt that her dog was basically two-timing her. (laughs) But then she thought about the fact that Zoe was helping people first that woman, and now this guy. And eventually, they just let the dog really live with the guy, and um, the dog only visits them occasionally now and really is with that guy who really needs her more than they do. <laughs> it's a beautiful story. The fascinating thing, what I got out of it, is just like you mentioned earlier, the dog is intuitive, and it connects with people. How ironic it is. Well, it takes two, right, to dance because in the sense that if you are not really into dogs, then I'm sure the dog's not going to hang out with you. But if you are, then that's that beautiful synergy chemistry that builds up and we help each other, so to speak. Absolutely. Chapter six, find your inner strength. The story is Lunabelle by Aviva Jacobs. This is an interesting one. So Aviva and her husband bought a farm during the COVID shutdown, and then they decided it would be a perfect time to add a dog to their family, preferably an adult dog that was already trained. So they went to the shelter and they rescued a five-year-old hound mix who would have been euthanized because it was a kill shelter. Um, And this dog turned out to be really well-trained and was very gentle with their two-year-old grandson, but they noticed the dog would occasionally drag her right rear foot. And they thought maybe it was a hip problem or maybe she was older than five years old. But then she started dragging her left rear foot also. It turned out she had a degenerative disease that was similar to ALS. Mm-hmm. But she kept, you know, she still was trying to keep up with their younger dog. And what Aviva says is that they learned so much from Luna as she navigates this disease because she knows things aren't right with her, but she's determined to walk and do all the things that she enjoys. And so she just taught them a lesson in resilience and in accepting help because the dog will accept help from them to, you know, reach out, you know, to get to the places she needs to get to if she has trouble walking. So she's just, you know, a real role model for them and a real example of how you can overcome challenges. This book really make a difference, and maybe it's because the first of the year, but no doubt about it. Sometimes it's amazing what animals can teach us, and in this case, Lunabelle. So it's just a beautiful story, beautiful story. Yeah, and animals can teach us a forgiveness too, because you know a lot of animals go through <laughs> really hard stuff, and then they just seem to forgive it and and just shrug it off and live in the moment, and. Chapter 7, which is full of stories about living in the moment, Um, we have this story by Joan Donnelly Emery, which I really like. Joan had found this scruffy terrier mix at her local shelter, and this poor dog had lived through abuse, abandonment, Mm. 
a broken mm-hmm. leg. She was afraid of humans. But Joan and her husband, for some reason, felt compelled to adopt this broken dog. And they eventually taught her to trust them and accept all the love that they would give to her. And then one day, a few years after they adopted her, Joan did something that made her feel so bad, and she worried so much about the trust that the dog had built up in them because Joan and the dog were coming upstairs from doing the laundry in the basement, and Joan didn't realize the dog was behind her, and she closed the basement door and left the dog trapped on the other (laughs) side of the door. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the dog was trapped there for a really, really long time. And then finally, Joan realized the dog was missing, and she opened the basement door, and there was the dog sitting right on the other side of the door, just quietly waiting for her. <laughs> Joan felt so bad. You can imagine how <laughs> bad you would feel. She apologized profusely to the dog, but the dog just ran off and got a toy for Joan to throw for her because the incident was over and the dog was ready to move on, and it was such a lesson in forgiveness for Joan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful story. You know what? That reminded me. It's really interesting because I had a dog, this is years ago, in Baton Rouge. And what's so funny about it, I did leave him badly in the laundry room because rather than having him running all over the house, right? But he knows how to get out because I didn't realize this, but the door handle that I have is not the knob handle, but it's the hand handle, like how you... Pull it down. The lever, right. right. The yeah. lever that you could jump up and pull on but if you were a dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he would let himself out, and the alarm would go off. Like, okay, did somebody break into the house or something like that? <laughs> it turned out to be he got out. And so that's interesting. Very, very interesting. Dogs are smart. <laughs> Chapter 8, Miracle Happens. War Dog, this is a wonderful story, by James Hugh Corney. So this is one of these miracle stories that just seems impossible, but, you know, they they make movies about stories like this. So this is about this um, boxer lab mix named Buster, um, James's family when he was growing up. And they had adopted him, and they didn't know anything about his past, but he did have these scars running down the side of one of his real legs. So James and his brothers decided they were going to train Buster. You know, they were just little boys. And so they took him off the leash, which was a big mistake. And this was when they had just adopted him. And so Buster didn't know this was his new home. He just thought he had been taken away from his home. So when they took him off the leash, he ran off. And he was missing for a month a whole month until this man finally called and said that he would bring them their dog. Well, this man was recently out of the military, and when he found the dog, he contacted the shelter to find out who had adopted Buster so he could return them. So how did this man know that this dog had been adopted from that shelter? It was because he had been the one who had dropped off the dog at the shelter. He'd gotten out of the military. This had been his military dog. The scars on the dog's dog's leg were from um, machine gun fire. So when he had come back from the military with his dog, 
he and his family had moved, and they moved to a place that wouldn't allow dogs. So this man had adopted, had, had surrendered the dogs to the shelter and then moved two towns away. Now, Buster had never seen his military owner's new home. He had no idea where he had gone. But when he had been let off his leash, he had gone looking for his previous owner, and he had found him 10 miles away at his new apartment that the dog had never been at before. So that's how they got him back. And this time, the man came to their house and explained to Buster that this was going to be his new home and then said goodbye to him and left. And then the dog never ran away again. It's just so powerful, Amy, isn't that? When you How hear stories like know? that. Yeah. Wait, yeah. 10 miles away in a place he had never, ever been. Mm-hmm. And he found mm-hmm. his owner. It's just uncanny how dogs do that. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, when I read the story, it just blew me away because it's like, wow. I mean, it's unbelievable. And loyalty, too. That's the thing about dogs. They're just there for you. That's it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. It was an extraordinary story. Well, Chapter 9 is a fun one, something you just have to laugh. The Porch Pirate. This is funny. Yeah, by Jan Flynn. Dogs can be really funny. Yes, so Jan Flynn's story, The Porch Pirate, is about how they trained their dog to go pick up the Sunday Los Angeles Times at the end of their driveway and to bring it up to the house. And then they trained him how to do that, and they praised him, and he got treats. And he was so proud of himself for doing this because dogs love to have a purpose. <laughs> but then the problem was he started bringing home the neighbor's Sunday LA Times also. And they couldn't figure out how to tell the dog, we only want our Sunday L.A. Times, not the neighbor's L.A. Times. So then they put up a fence so that the dog couldn't get out on Sundays. But it meant that they, the, the, the Times was on the other side of the fence, you know, because the guy threw it out of the car. Mm-hmm. So the dog couldn't even get their Sunday Times. So the dog dug a hole under the fence, this muddy hole, and proudly brought them their L.A. Times again, and then brought them two of the neighbors' L.A. Times, which were covered with mud because he dragged them through this hole under the fence that he had made. So then they had to put chicken wire up along the bottom of the fence to keep the dogs from digging under the fence. So then they decided they had to retrain him. So they had avocado trees. So they trained him, instead of getting the paper, to go and get them the ripe avocados that fell out of the trees. But then he started eating all the avocados and gaining weight. So it was just one thing after another. So I thought it was a really cute story. The intention is good. (laughs) And the dog is too perfect. How's that? I mean, he was a really great dog, but, you know, the neighbors started getting very unhappy when he was stealing their papers. Chapter 10, Get On With Life. This story is The Dog With Two Names by Becky Alexandra. So uh, Becky had um, a stray that turned up at her carport one day, and he was in really bad shape. Like he could barely raise his head. His rib cage was protruding through his skin. He was filthy. She gave him a bucket of water, and he drank the whole thing down, and then he basically inhaled three hot dogs. And Becky said to her husband, you know, we can't keep him, right? 
Well, the dog stayed around and they kept feeding him. But Becky had a job that kept her on the road many weeks of the year, so owning a dog was not an option. But she was emotionally attached to this dog. So her friend Julie said she would take the dog, and she lived um, on a big spread of property with other animals. So Becky took the dog and dropped him off at her friend's house, but a few hours later, the dog was back in their carport again. He had found his way back. He had traversed <laughs> numerous country roads. He had somehow crossed a four-lane highway, and he had found his way back to them. So they obviously couldn't leave him with their friend Julie. So then they found a better solution. Um, turned out that Becky's son has a fenced-in yard, so now he has this dog. So Becky still gets to see this dog who she fell in love with. So that was a nice example of bringing in a stray dog <laughs> but not being stuck with the dog. You could do the yeah. good deed of taking care of the stray dog and then just find the dog a good home where you could visit him but not have the day-to-day responsibility. Right, right, right. So true. Do you have a story in this chapter that you like? Um, I love this chapter, this um, story called... Um, Totally Worth It by Lynn Sunday. Mm-hmm. Lynn is one of our regular writers, and she tells us that she and her husband were still grieving after losing their 16-year-old dog, but they still had an 8-year-old dog, and they realized the 8-year-old dog needed a companion. And so they contacted a senior dog rescue organization, and they found this funny-looking little gray and white mutt named Milo, who was really underweight. Um, He had just had dental surgery. He really needed a lot of care. The poor little thing, prior home to foster care, and now he was at Lynn's house. But he quickly came around and gained weight, and I guess it helped that they had the other dog because that made him more confident that this human home was an okay place to be. Mm -hmm. But then after 18 months, the senior dog started showing signs of confusion and his eyesight was getting worse and he was starting to lose his balance. And it turned out he had a tumor in his brain. And so they had to put him down. Yeah. But Lynn says this, and this is what I was talking about before about adopting senior dogs. She said Mm -hmm. that they have no regrets about adopting Milo, even though they had less than two years together and caring for him was not easy. Yeah. But, they just take so much comfort in knowing that they gave this senior dog everything that he needed. They gave him the freedom of a dog door. They gave him a dog to hang out with, to be friends with. They gave him home-cooked meals, daily walks, all kinds of love. So taking care of that senior dog who had medical problems was so empowering for them and so heartwarming and made them feel so good that it was totally worth doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrific. Chapter 11, Saying Goodbye with Gratitude. Never Alone is a story by Louise Foster. So Louise works from home, and her companion working from home for years was this dog named Snow, a little Bichon Frise. And once a week, at least, they would take a long walk to the beach. And the dog loved the tall grass and all the cool smells there and seeing other dogs and other people. 
When the dog got older, their walks were shorter and closer to home, and Louise would go to the beach alone because it was too much of a walk for Snow. But then one Sunday, Snow insisted that they go to the beach. And Snow was getting really old by then, and Louise knew this was going to be the last time. And she knew that Snow knew it too. He knew that he was near the end of his life. And so they took the walk, and it was really slow going. It took them an hour longer than usual to go. And the dog just needed to rest a lot. And Louise cried when they got to the beach because she knew what was going on. So months after the dog died, Louise decided that she would go back to the beach. She had been avoiding it because it was so painful, but she thought, no, i got to go back to the beach. And she carried that memory of her dog with, with her, and she was crying. She had you know, brought tissues with her. But then when she got to the entrance to the beach, she realized she wasn't alone. She felt like her little dog was still with her on his favorite walk. And now every time she gets to the entrance to the beach, she feels like her little dog is with her. And she just says out loud to the dog that she loves him. And she says, I may be walking by myself, but I'm never alone. And I thought that was just an amazing story. It is. To me, it's a wonderful end cap to this beautiful, beautiful book. I think Everybody that's listening right now, y'all need to get this book. It's really awesome. It's amazing. The artwork, and more importantly, uh, all the stories in it, I think that really makes it a big difference. And here's a typical example, I think. It really brings us into the now moment and appreciating the now moment. What call-out stories are Chicken Soup working on for the future? So we're working on some books that are coming out later this year. And actually, I'm going on the web right now to tell you all of the ones that we're working on. I know we're working on collecting stories for a book called Get Out of Your Comfort Zone because, you know, mm-hmm. that's a really important topic for us, um, very important. And we, we really believe in promoting that to people. Um, mm-hmm. We're also um, collecting stories for a book about angels and miracles. We're collecting stories about using positive thinking. Mm-hmm. And we're also collecting stories for future cat and dog books. And we're also <laughs> collecting stories for our 2024 holiday books, Christmas stories, Thanksgiving oh. stories, New Year's yeah. stories, Hanukkah stories. So um, those are all the different topics that we're collecting. Oh, we're also collecting humorous stories for our next humor book. Because uh, we've been doing great with our humor books. They're really mm-hmm. popular. So lots of lots of possible topics to write for. And if you go to our website, you'll see not only the topics that we're working on, but you'll also see where you can click to get story guidelines. And uh, we, you know, will explain to you how to write a good nonfiction story for Chicken Soup and Soul. Oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. almost half the stories we published in this dog book were from people we had never published before. So Beautiful. it just goes to show you can get into our books. You can join the Chicken Soup for the Soul family as a writer. Uh, we really do welcome new people to come into our books. Beautiful. That's really wonderful. What wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, I read something I read, I read something really important, I think, in a book 
that we're putting out in March um, Mm -hmm. about advice that changed your life. Mm -hmm. And this piece of advice I've been thinking about every single day. And you know how you say things like, oh, I can't wait till it's spring again. Right. So it's almost like you're wishing away winter. Or I can't wait till it's the weekend. So you're wishing away, you know, the next two days of the week. Mm-hmm. And in this story, somebody was doing that, wishing away time. And then her friend said to her, why are you wishing away all of your time? We all say we don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. So don't wish it away. You know, enjoy every moment of it. Live every hour of your time. And I thought that was, that made so much sense. Like this morning, right. it was Wednesday, and I was thinking, oh, I wish it was Friday. And I said, no, <laughs> I don't wish it was Friday. Because I don't want to wish away Wednesday and Thursday. We only right. live so long. Why would I try to get rid of two days of my life? That's right. And I thought that was a really important recipe for living. Like those good things that you're wishing would come, well, they're still going to come. But enjoy the hours or days between now and then as well. So true. So true. Amy, thank you for the totally excellent recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mom's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, February 1st. My guest will be Laurie Richens. Laurie is the founder of Whole Family Mentoring and the author of Fortify, 10 Effective Strategies to Fortify Our Families. She and her husband recently celebrated their 35th wedding anniversary and have been blessed with seven children and 10 grandchildren. Laurie and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Fortify 10 Effective Strategies to Fortify Our Families, to kick off our February theme, Family Love, Self-Love, and Partners Love, a reverberation of Valentine's Day celebration. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. As always, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. I wish you and everyone at Chicken Soup a spectacular 2023. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.